Hello and welcome to the Legal Mind podcast from Lawcare. I'm Susan Lamb, in-house legal counsel from Shell, and I lead the Mental Health and Wellbeing Care in Legal program for the Shell Legal Function, and I'm a Lawcare champion. Today I'm joined by Danielle Young, who is my esteemed colleague from Shell Health, who is the Human Performance and Care Lead for Europe. And we're going to talk about dealing with stress and adversity and give you three tips. So we're in very unusual times at the moment. We have been through a lockdown situation. We're we're dealing with lots of uncertainty around the economy and job market. And of course, most importantly, we are facing um, challenges around our health and well-being. And it's really a time that we need to look and, and work out how we can best navigate this time of uncertainty. So, Danny, tell me, what, what are our brains doing in these uncertain and troublesome times at the moment? What, what is the effect of our, on our brain of all of this? That's a really good question, Susan, because you're right. You know, we're in unprecedented uncertainty. And what we're going through, we don't actually know when it's going to lighten up. Right. Mm. There's just there's uncertainty and there's the um, the timeline just seems to keep stretching. So what's happening with our brains? Well, first of all, having some uncertainty and having some stress is actually a really positive thing. You know, it's what keeps us really interested mm. and curious in our work and in other things in our lives. So a little bit of stress is good. There's definitely a right amount of stress to have. However, when we have prolonged stress and prolonged uncertainty, that's when things seem to go start to go a little bit things become a little bit harder for us so we have something called our prefrontal lobe and that's really the thinking part of our brain right it's really why yeah. our organizations hire us mm. so we've got that great that you great always thinking say that's mind. the part of our brain that um they rent they rent <laughs> yes that's, that's, that's what i'm yes. yeah. yep we, we get money for it <laughs> they're, they're renting it from us um but we right behind that we also have our antigua anterior cingulate cortex or ACC for short and this part of the brain really looks for things that are a little bit strange Um, it looks for dissonance and it it sends us a little ping uh, to let us know that there's something a bit strange here so when we've got stress and anxiety and and, and prolonged uncertainty the ACC is going to start kind of sending out those signals And that will trigger your amygdala. And our amygdala is our ancient part of the brain. It's the part we, we still share with lizards. And that, <laughs> yeah, that's the part of the brain that will send us into fight or flight. We needed that part of the brain a long time ago. You know, if we were walking down a, a path and we saw a bush start to rustle, that could either be dinner yeah. Uh, or it could be something that's going to jump out and try to, to eat us. So fight or flight was really important back then. Our brains haven't evolved yeah. um, as fast as society has. So that fight or flight still comes into play. Yeah, and, and it's just yeah. not appropriate now, is it, in the sense it's, that um, we don't have to run away from a lion. And, we don't. Um, <laughs> not normally. Uh, and we, we, we have to get back into that uh, part of our brain, as you mentioned, that uh, we need to, to, to think rationally through these situations. We do. And the fight or flight response, unfortunately, shuts down that frontal lobe from mm. working. So, so that's really what's going on in our brain. You know, when you start to get extremely stressed, you start to feel a bit foggy. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. That's exactly that's what's happening. Oh, that's really interesting yeah. to to hear that. That's how our brain is reacting to all of this. 
We've seen lots of surveys that have been done around um, resilience and, and, and actually amongst lawyers. And lawyers tend to have uh, low resilience and um, are less able to deal with setbacks due to their, their particular personality traits. You know, I mean, I'm a lawyer. And I know that um, some of the things that have really, uh, uh, really impact me and my stress levels are that the requirement within me to be perfect, to do everything with, um, you know, 100% accuracy all the time. And that negative self-talk that I have, that critical voice that, that comes and, and, and talks to me and, and doesn't give me any let up. What can we do in, in terms of managing that from, our, our, from a brain perspective? Is there, is there anything that we can do to, to manage that? I mean, Susan, would you say that in law, and this is a, a generalization, there's a lot of perfectionism? Yeah, um, there is. Absolutely. Perhaps a, yeah, perhaps a bit of a lack of self-compassion, kind of putting maybe your, your personal needs to side so that you can get the job done at all times. Yes, absolutely. Of, yeah. And yeah. There's, um, there's that, you know, as lawyers, we're always looking at the, at the downside, what can go wrong in a particular situation and managing that situation for our clients. And um, as you say, we're used to um, being uh, com completely perfect in everything we do and our inner critical voice is something that really uh, um, you know, gets us, as, as it tells us that we, we, if, we, if we're gonna make a mistake, then that's gonna be a big consequences for all of us and, and, and we never recover from that. So it's a, it's, it's a hot house in our brains of, of, of this thinking and overthinking in many ways. Mm. That, um, that that doesn't serve us in this in these situations when we're particularly yeah. under these this levels of stress and uncertainty. Exactly, and I think you know sometimes when we start to push down the emotional side of our thinking, mm. it can actually do us a disservice. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and and you know we're not taught any of these softer skills as lawyers, um, or definitely not when we're we're do, when we're at law school and we're doing you know our training contracts and then we're working with clients. You know these these softer skills are are things that we 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 need we need more mm -hmm. than ever now, and so it's really important that we we take notice of ourselves and our own personal uh, you know how it impacts us, and then take action to stop. I stop burnout basically because that's another thing I just wanted to mention in terms of um, burnout we we discussed this a lot of people who do end up burning out look back and they say the signs were there but I didn't see them mm -hmm. yeah I mean in in talking to, to some of the people that I that I talked to it you know they do come to me and say you know I, I've heard that one of my colleagues um, ended up having to take some time off and they literally just didn't see it coming mm. and when we're working um, at, in a, in a fast-paced environment, we always say to ourselves, it's okay. I will, I'll burn the midnight oil. I'll do the all-nighter. I'll, I'll take the call at 2 a.m. Um, and it's okay because as soon as this project is done, that's when I'll catch up on my rest and I'll, I'll rejuvenate. But I think the reality is a lot of times that, that rest and that break doesn't come because something always happens. Yeah. So... It's about putting it to the forefront and taking care of yourself because you can't catch up on the sleep and and the other uh, the other things that you need in order to to keep yourself going at that rate. Yeah, no, that's really good actually. Yeah. yeah. So that really leads us nicely into actually our three tips, our three mm. tips for managing uh, stress and adversity and and not um, leading to burnout. So the first thing is we would say is that self awareness. It's really recognizing um, the signs in yourself 
how are you? Taking a step back, maybe a couple of moments of pause, and just really reflecting on how how things are going. Are you just working uh, from one thing to the next without taking breaks? Are you um, sleeping? Is every day feeling um, like a, a bad day? You you've lost your positivity and your overall level of energy. And if those are things that you're starting to notice in yourself, then those are red flags that we should really um, then take some action and look at uh, changing things so that we can um, take care of ourselves. I mean, absolutely. The the constant push without the taking care of yourselves, if you are in a fight or flight state, because as they say, your amygdala is being hijacked by, by all that's going on, that's when you start to make mistakes as yeah. well. Yeah. It's about pulling back and making sure that, that we're able to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I no, I mean, I um, I um, I was thinking, reflecting on this myself, actually. And, um, uh, you know, in, in terms of, of the signs and symptoms, there are the classic signs, like I've mentioned, you know, maybe um, feeling exhausted, not sleeping, being hyper busy, um, feeling tense and, and tension in your relationships and perhaps being more frustrated and feeling that, you know, this is this is just going on forever and there's no way out. Um, those are all classic symptoms. And I think but I think also it's really good to look at ourselves and know our own self or what those signs are. I mean, for me, I was um, a few weeks ago, I had some time when I was just not really um, being able to concentrate on anything properly. I was kind of flicking from one thing to another all the different jobs and all the emails and all the, the things at work I had to do and not really able to finish any of them satisfactorily and I'd lost my focus. And the other thing I started, I noticed there were there were two days actually when I did things which um, I thought, oh, I need to take a step back. One, one time I put my dirty socks in the waste paper bin <laughs> rather than the laundry bin um, and my husband was emptying the bin. He said, did you mean to put your socks in the bin? Um, and, and, and rather more seriously, actually, when um, this was actually a while ago, um, actually pre-lockdown, I um, had been out to a spin class in the evening and uh, parked the car on the drive. And we, we, we have a very, very shallow incline to our drive. Um, but there was a knock on the door and the neighbor um, said, um, is there any particular reason why you've parked your car in the middle of the green, which is outside our house? And um, basically what I'd done is I'd got, gone to my spin class, come back, and I'd been on to the next thing, which was to get back and get the, the, the tea and get, get everything ready for the next day. And I hadn't put the handbrake on the car. And, and luckily, I mean, it was absolutely amazing because it just slowly trickled down the drive and onto the green opposite the house. Um, and it's a quiet road. So I hadn't hit anything, hadn't hit anyone. and was actually completely undamaged. But, um, you know, I'd done that and I'd done the sock thing quite recently as well. And I just thought, I need to take a step back now and mm -hmm. there's, there's, I'm just doing too much. And I think it's those sorts of signs that we need to be aware of and um, make ourselves take a step back at that point. Yeah. Yeah. All those little things. And, you know, being so self-aware is, is a really good thing, uh, Susan. I think sometimes we need to kind of perhaps sit down and just just take five minutes and, and reflect, how are things going? Yeah. Um, am I performing or acting or feeling the way I, I normally do or has something changed? Yeah, no, great. That's, um, yeah. So that's tip number one, which is um, self-awareness and take mm -hmm. care of yourself. And then the second thing really is about nurturing positivity. 
So positivity, um, again, coming back to you as the expert on this, Danny, in terms of the effects on the brain, is, um, it, it, it isn't sort of soft and fluffy stuff, isn't it? Being positive and looking for the positive sides is, um, you know, really does make a difference to your brain, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And I think, you know, back in the day, back when we were all in school, you know, they always said, you know, your learning is a is a fixed part of your life. You know, as you get older, you can't continue to learn. And, and that's actually just not true. We can actually change the way um, our neural pathways uh, are rooted in our brain, which means we can take on new behaviors. And that includes increasing the amount of positivity we have. We can turn our views from pessimistic to optimistic, but it takes yeah. practice. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think you've said to me before that our default naturally, because of mm -hmm. that, going back to the caveman, when we had to, we had to believe everything. Every rustle in the bush was a lion that's about to eat us. Is to is to see the negative. It's it's that default. And actually, bringing this back to to the legal mind. It, it, that is, um, you know, what makes us good lawyers because we're looking for the, <laughs> we're looking for the negatives, what could go wrong all the time, and that's our default position. But we can, um, because the brain can change and create new, what they call neuro pathways, um, rewire it to make it more positive. Absolutely. And, um, and I know you read something recently really interesting about um, a lily and how that um, is a, is yeah. it like a good metaphor for this. I think it's I think it's actually a really great metaphor for this. Um, so um, Barbara Fredrickson, she she's a psychologist that works in the area of positive psychology, mm -hmm. um, and she has a book called Positivity. Um, and in there, she's talking about the impact of positive emotions really on our ability to problem solve and um, bounce back, basically our our resilience, bouncing back from adversity. And what she's basically saying is that when you have positive emotions and we have more positivity, it can change the way that our minds um, are able to see the world and the outlook that we have, i.e. We can, we can see more opportunities. Um, we can be more innovative in the way that we think. Mm. So the analogy that she uses, which is really interesting, and this is based on something that she um, this is her broaden and build theory because we're broadening our scope here is that if you have a water lily, when it's dark, uh, you know, the lily's closed. And it, so the lily's view of, of what's going on in the world is, is closed. Mm -hmm. When the sun comes out, the lily will open and the petals kind of unfurl and spread. Um, and if the sun uh, was to signify uh, positive emotions in our brain, this would be opening up so we can see what's on the periphery. So, you know, Susan, you and I were talking about if we applied this to somebody um, who's practicing law, if, if you are a closed lily and you have basically tunnel vision, what, what could you be missing? Is there more out there that you would need to be perhaps, um, perhaps looking at? Yeah. How could, you know, increasing positivity actually help, help you to, to see maybe perhaps more? Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting, isn't it? It's, it's basically mm. saying, you know, open the lily to see the possibilities and yeah. um, applying that to, to lawyers and their, their ability to see all the possibilities. I mean, that's what that's what lawyers do. Look at, you know, all the possibilities, but mainly from a what can go wrong perspective. But to change that and reframe it a little bit in your own lives to look at the possibilities from a positive perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good good tip, especially 
at the moment in in this um, these these circumstances that we're in. Goodness knows where, what what's going to happen when when autumn comes. Where we we've just got we've just everything could change. And if we can look for the possibilities and and the and the positives mm-hmm. uh, in a positive way, I think um, that's a really good way of looking at things. Absolutely. I mean, just thinking about my own life, you know, when when I'm not having positive thoughts and I'm kind of, you know, just generally in a bad mood, I can get fixated on an idea. You know, my idea is right and I don't want to hear other people's viewpoints, mm. right? Because I'm I'm being quite closed. When I'm in a good mood, I'm I'm open. Yeah, what you know, I want to hear other people's ideas and I want to collaborate more. Yeah. That's really true. And and, and it goes back to what we said, you know, if you if you start just having, you know, maybe uh, try and have more positive thoughts, maybe just one more positive thought a day, that does create new neural pathways. And over time, that will change your default thinking from negative to positive, which is, um, exactly. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. So, okay. So then our final tip number three is, um, well, keep things in perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. This too will pass. Um, again, it's um, you know it, it, you know you do hear that a lot. Keep things in perspective, but um, from my from my point of view, I I've really learned that um, you know we, we we have phases in life. We all have phases in life. I mean, even lockdown now was a phase. I mean, it was a, a long phase. And when you're in it, in that phase, it does feel like you're you're going to be in it forever. I mean, I remember when my when my children, I've got twins, when they were were, were young, were babies. And the sleepless nights and everything. I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, this is uh, this is this is hard." But actually, it was it was just a phase. Again, quite a long phase. Um, and keeping that perspective as, of of that, you know, we we will get through this. It will pass. Is really important, isn't it? Tell us about the ladder of inference, Danny, and how you you look at this. Right. So when you know when when I'm talking about keeping things in perspective, I'm also talking about your perception. Mm. Right. Because, you know, everything that you believe about what's going on is based on your individual perception. The thing is, we also have a choice in our response and how we, Mm. you know, how we respond to what we're perceiving going on. So, you know, you also talked you talked about having that inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That 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 goes on. And we all we all have that inner voice. And sometimes our inner voice can kind of lead us up a wrong path where we start to get quite frustrated about a situation. And so when, when we're talking about practicing managing that ladder of inference, it's really about kind of questioning some of those thoughts that that, that inner voice is telling you. For example, um, I'll tell you a story. Um, I, I got really angry at my partner the other day. Um, I really needed to get to an appointment um, and I needed to be on time and I'm looking everywhere for my keys. And I know she uh, walked the dog and I'm pretty sure she just grabbed any key that was on the key hook. Key hooks, keys belong on the key hook yes. and uh, put it in the pocket and then uh, left. And so they're, they're probably in the laundry basket somewhere. I'm going to have to search through it and I'm already late. I ran back upstairs to get my bag and realized that, yeah, the night before I had actually put my keys on my bag so I could just grab everything in one go and run out of the house to make it on time. Yes, good. <laughs> so then I felt a bit, you know, a little bit sheepish. Um, yeah. um, and, you know, really the thing is if I had backed up and just stopped and thought, you know what, is there really evidence here saying that this is exactly what happened, that that somebody took my keys and, and left them in their pocket? 
Mm. Um, or am I just really just focusing on the negative and ignoring the possibility of other information being there? Yeah. Um, so look for evidence when you start to kind of have those thoughts and you've just jumped to that conclusion. You can search for alternative explanations. You know, what other possi possible explanations are for this? Um, Am I perhaps being a bit inflexible in the way that I'm thinking here? Yeah. Um, and then lastly, it's about putting your thoughts into perspective. Is this as bad as I'm making it out to be? Could I be perhaps inflating this a little bit? Mm. What is the worst thing that could happen? Sometimes things are, are negative and, you know, you really do need to sort it out. But a lot of times mm. it's not as bad as we're really making it out to be. And that can help us come back from that that kind of negative you know really almost an amygdala hijack again that we're going into and kind of bring us back to gain a different perspective on what's going on and then react in a, in a different way perhaps maybe one that's not so negative yeah so it's really about checking your thoughts isn't it mm -hmm. and, and not 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 um you know back to the ladder analogy not starting on the bottom rung and then those thoughts leading on to all these different inferences that uh, leads you to a place with, of, which is basically almost, well, cat catastrophic. When I was younger and I moved, I bought up first flat on my own. Um, I also moved jobs at the same time. And um, uh, I, uh, I remember thinking, oh my God, if, if this job doesn't work out and I don't, and I put myself under so much pressure to make sure that the job, because if I, if I lose my house, because I've mm -hmm. just bought this, this place, it's, 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 um, you know, my first place and I my a new job. And then I was almost, I used to say, I used to think to myself, if, if, if this job doesn't go well, and, and I'll lose my house and then I'll be, I'll be selling the big issue. And I'd gone from, you know, walking to work, sort of saying that every morning to myself, this job has got to work for me, um, was, was just um, ridiculous in, in hindsight. But it was that kind of, those inference thoughts and I'm not keeping things in perspective, which, um, um, I would really recommend you try and do just check in with those thoughts. Are they real? Like they say, is it true? Am I am I making too much inference from this? Exactly. And you know, I think also that it, it links back to our our second tip as well, because if we're able to get ourselves back into perspective, kind mm. of calm ourselves down, calm our thinking down, we can look for other possibilities. You know, if if our job, for example, is at risk what do we need to be doing? Mm. Are there other things that we can do now? And so you need to be able to kind of have your lid open to see all of your opportunities and possibilities. Yeah, so have that, you know, open the lily mm -hmm. to see what, yeah. what, 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 you, yeah. what you can do, what the positives are. Yeah, and it also makes us feel better. Yeah, it doesn't no, feel absolutely. Good to be at the top of that ladder. <laughs> I mean, there's no silver bullet here. I mean, in no. that sense, and and it is, um, you know, uh, circumstances that we we are all having to navigate that we've we've just never never been used to before. Mm. So thanks, Danny. Thanks for talking to me about this. I just uh, summarise what we've said. So um, our three tips for dealing with stress and adversity and uh, avoiding burnout are: be self-aware know yourself and recognize the signs and take uh, steps if you see some red flags to get some help and second is to nurture positivity look for the look for the positives that really can rewire your brain and, and change you from that default way of thinking that we're so used to as lawyers for looking at the downsides and three is uh, keep things in perspective this too will pass 
everything does pass. It may take a while, but it does pass. And really try and um, not let your thoughts run up that ladder of inference to a place um, where just isn't a helpful place to go when, when in your thoughts. So um, thanks, Danny. It's been really nice. Really good to talk to you. Thank you, Susan. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe to help more people find us. If you need emotional support, you can contact Law Care on 0800-279-6888 or 1-800-991-801 in Ireland or visit www.lawcare.org.uk. I've hoped you enjoyed hearing Danny and I talk today and um, wish you all a really good day and a good week. Thank you very much.